You are now tuned in to the Let's Talk Money Honey podcast, a bi-weekly conversation where I'll be spilling the tea on entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Khadija Bingham, CEO of Money Honey Financial, and I am here to candidly share my experience as a new entrepreneur. Whether you are currently an entrepreneur, someone who's considering entrepreneurship, or just interested in hearing my journey, I am here to encourage, motivate, and most of all, keep it real with you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I cannot wait for you to listen. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Money, Honey. In my last episode, I said that I was considering bringing on some friends, some guests to talk about just entrepreneurship, shoot the shit, get their advice. And guess what? I did that shit. I am so excited for this week's episode because I will be chatting with my good friend, Kenya Crawford. I'm going to let her introduce herself. However, I do want to say that this is so special and so full circle for me because when I was doing Let's Talk Money, Honey, just on Instagram Live, Kenya was my first person that I interviewed and baby... We had a time. The audio did not work. We will not have that issue now. <laughs> I did not have pants on. And I, <laughs> and, uh, I flashed whoever was watching because Kenya literally ran from her house to my house so that we could just do the live together in person. Dedication. It's like dedication. And when I got up to enter the door, I forgot I didn't have pants on. <laughs> I have pants on today. So we're literally showing you growth, <laughs> literally growth. So Kenya, I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited for this conversation. I am so excited just to have Kenya on this journey of entrepreneurship and this friendship. And like, importantly today as my first guest on Let's Talk Money, Honey. So Kenya, with that, can you tell the people a little bit about yourself? As you get me all sappy and emotional oh first, you know, listen, we go, we going up and down, <laughs> and I love that. I might be crying. I, I was crying that. on the last episode in this room by myself, I crying love that for you. So I love that for you. We giving a room, as y'all can tell. I'm a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Kenya Crawford. I'm a licensed therapist and racial equity consultant, and I'm super excited to be here to talk all things entrepreneurship, mental health. Everything under the sun and all the foolishness that Listen, goes along with it. Y'all about to have y'all about to really experience a conversation just between two friends. I, I didn't prep Kenya with no questions. You sure didn't. I and I be prepared. Look, I'm a Capricorn. I like to know what's happening. She said, no, let's just talk. I said, okay. Listen, sis. I know I gave her so much anxiety, but I'm sure as a therapist, she knew what to do with it and how to how to manage. I was that. doing my breathing techniques in the car. I said, you know what? It's gonna be okay. And um uh, Literally. All right. So how about this? Let's kick it off with okay. our sweet moments and our sour moments. Mm -hmm. So I kick off every episode just to talk about what's, what's been happening that's like sweet. Mm -hmm. And then what's like, come on now, this, <laughs> this could be better. So how about you kick us off? What's the sweet moment that you had had in entrepreneurship? Mm, so a sweet moment I had. One of the things that happens to me a lot as an entrepreneur is a lot of people will reach out for like an informational interview mm -hmm. or like a call. Like, what's it like being a therapist? What's it like being an entrepreneur? 
And I did a call last year with the student that wanted to go to grad school. Okay. And she DM'd me a couple of days ago and was like, I'm so grateful for your call. I just got accepted into Columbia. Yay. I'm going to the exact same university yeah. you're going to. And you really inspired me to be a therapist. Child, I was weeping. That is exciting. Like, yeah. I was so proud of her. I was so excited for her. And like, it really was a full circle moment because I do informational interviews like a couple times a month. So it's nice to see that. You just seat. give away your time like that? I do. And that's probably my sour moment. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. Um, but it, it was just so nice to see that full circle moment and see it come back together. So that would be my sweet moment. All right. Tell me a sour moment. Oof. My sour moment is connected to my sweet moment. Um, it's people thinking they have access to me. And access to my time mm. and not respecting my time. Mm. And I'm I'm a very boundaried person. I like my boundaries. But then every once in a while, there's that individual that's like, oh, can you can you please just extend this an hour longer or do this or do that? And just always asking and always requesting. So my sour moment is people disrespecting me and my mm. time. It's crazy that you bring that up, because when I was thinking about I'm like, damn, these are things that I'm struggling with when I bring people on a podcast like. Who's good at what? Mm. And I was like, can you, can you know how to tell, <laughs> say no? I do. I love it. It's my favorite word. Damn. It's my favorite word. But then people try to like guilt trip you. Yeah. It's like, sweetie, I'm licensing this. Listen. Your guilt ain't going to work here. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk about no and boundaries with you. Yeah, me too. We're going to get into that later. So my sweet moment. So for the month of August. Mm-hmm. We set a goal to onboard five new bookkeeping clients. And okay, goal. Um, I know. I love this for you. Like, just transparently, I've been working so much in the business lately that I haven't been able to do much for the business, mm. if that makes sense. So, like, I always would have in my mind, like, I need to get more clients. I need to get more clients. But we were never intentional about it. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like when you're a solopreneur, right? Like, it's one, like, you we all have a level of like holding ourselves accountable, but mm-hmm. it's different when you invite somebody into the business and then they mm-hmm. can hold you accountable in a different way. So for the month of August, when we were doing our planning, he was like, let's just throw out a number. So we're like five. So my sweet moment would be um, this week converting two people over. Mm-hmm. So it's not five. So we're at three so far and we got a week left. So we'll see where it goes. But, um, oh, well, we got a week left because we recording this in August, but it's not going to drop till September. <laughs> That's called planning in advance, people. <laughs> um, so my sweet moment was like converting that over because mm-hmm. it takes work. Like before somebody like agrees to give you a certain amount of money every month, like they need to do their due diligence as they should. So it's it always feel good. It feels good when it's a win. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my sweet moment, like over these last two weeks. Oh, I guess I would have too. I spent time in Atlanta Last weekend um, for the Fearless Summit, I had an mm. awesome time. I had an awesome time. I left feeling so motivated and just I ready to work. That. And just like, I felt just like energized in a way that I haven't in a while. Yeah. Um, especially because I do so much stuff by myself. So to be able to like just take other people's energy and like mm. absorb it. I came home like, or Monday, I didn't see Bianca on Monday, but when I got in the office on Wednesday, I'm like, <laughs> let's go. You ready to work? And she's like, oh my God, <laughs> what did they do to you there? So, <laughs> so I had a couple of sweet moments. Child, my sour moments. I'm lucky that like the sweet be uh, overpowering the sour, but um, 
Yesterday, I got a bill that Oof. I was not excited about. Oof. I'm like, so I've been like outsourcing some work. And when those contractors sent me up, I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. this fucking mm-hmm. sucks. Like, you really got to spend money. And like, I'm outsourcing things so that I can have more time in the business. Mm-hmm. But then you realize like this more time is, is costing it's me. It's costing. <laughs> so that was my sour moment yesterday. Like, it really like put a damper on my day. When mm-hmm. I got that email and I opened it up, I was like, damn, like, I'm very grateful for the work that they do because they do it so well. Mm-hmm. But like, why niggas don't do stuff for free? <laughs> Please? <laughs> just, can I get a discount? Can I get a referral code? Something. So that was probably no, my sour that. moment because like, because you know, you got to pay it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep paying it. Of course. And like, I was talking to my boyfriend and he was like, you got to pay it right away. And I was like, well, I want them to keep working. So yeah, yeah I got to pay it right away. And I'm not excited about it. But I'm happy that like, I can pay it mm-hmm. even though I don't want to. Yeah. So that was like my sour moment that like kind of had me down mm-hmm. um, for this last week. But all right. So now I'll be talking about sour moments. Kenya, I shared on the podcast the last episode that over the last couple of months, I've been struggling with like imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I have moments when like I feel like, damn, did you that girl? And mm-hmm. then I have moments where I'm like, why can't you get anything right? Mm-hmm. Or I have moments like I shared with Bianca earlier today. We were talking about like webinars and like free stuff that I can give. I'm like, sometimes I just be thinking that the knowledge that I have is so basic. Like people know this already. People know this already. She's I'm like, sorry, you think stuff? what? I know. <laughs> and she was like, she said, girl, the stuff that's simple to you is foreign as hell to other people. I said, mm-hmm. imposter syndrome is a bitch. Oh, absolutely. So my question for you is, in your time of being an entrepreneur, have you experienced imposter syndrome? And because for me, I thought that like, I spent so much time in corporate and I say so much but in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just certain things that I thought were exclusive to mm-hmm. being in corporate environments. Like we talk about imposter syndrome all the time when you're trying to fit in spaces that weren't created for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we talk about if it happens when you are doing things yourself. Mm-hmm. And so my question to you is, have you experienced it? And if you haven't, like still just give me some advice. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have, <laughs> what was that like for you? And how did you push past it? It's so interesting because I get this question a lot. And every time I'm like, I don't think I have. I love that for you. Which I'm grateful for. But I think the reason why I don't think I've experienced imposter syndrome is because in all of the spaces where I've questioned my worth or questioned my presence in that space, it wasn't imposter syndrome. It was racism. Mm. It was sexism. Mm. It was homophobia. It was some other intersection of you're not supposed to be here. Not Mm. because you're not qualified or what have you. It's your identities aren't supposed to be in this space. Mm. So I don't think it's imposter syndrome. Like I don't, I haven't been in a room where I'm like, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. I know Mm. I should be here, but I know you're creating a space that makes it feel like I'm uncomfortable. Oh, shit. I know I'm questioning stuff because of the way you're talking to me or the way you're engaging with me. Um, But taking it to the business, right? Like we both are two Black-owned businesses, right? Most of our businesses are filled with Black folk. It may not be that exact same environment of I'm surrounded by white people like you were in corporate, but you are in a entrepreneur space where there's not a lot of other Black entrepreneurs. Yeah. 
Right. And we're not getting the same resources and access to funding and mentorship and Mm. and being able to scale in those ways because we ain't surrounded by that many wealthy black entrepreneurs. Mm. Right. So I, I think the imposter syndrome or the questioning of self in this field comes from not really seeing other people doing it like we're doing it. So then we start to question, oh, it must be me. When it's really the system, that's the problem, not the individual. Yeah. I'm let you sit with that. You one. good as shit at your job, yo. <laughs> Thank you. Because now I'm thinking, because like in those moments, so just a little bit of backstory for you. So in like March, I uh, went to the OBGYN. She felt a lump. I spent like two weeks, two to three weeks, just like trying to figure out if I was healthy, mm. right? Doing that in March, during tax season, Mm. is not the time to not focus on your business. And, uh, you know, so like, that's why I stopped recording podcast episodes. Mm. The newsletter stopped. I like stopped with, um, like, I was sending out emails every Friday to remind people to save money. All that Mm. stopped. The only things that I kept on were the things that I had to do. Mm -hmm. And I was even behind on those things. Mm -hmm. My queue for tax returns to review just grew. And it's like, you get underwater during a busy time Mm. you spend so much time trying to get you know from above water so for me I think that like for such a long period of time I felt like I couldn't breathe Mm -hmm. every I I had anxieties around email because every email was like people requesting status on Mm -hmm. things and I'm like damn like like why didn't I get to that yet like Mm -hmm. why didn't I respond to that yet and I think just for that long period so I just I so you know I grew to think that I hate emails I don't think I hate emails Mm -hmm. I think that like just for so long every email was the same thing that people were entitled to be asking me because I should have been communicating more and the team should have been communicating more um so I think that just during that period and because I was in that period for so long Mm -hmm. I'm like damn like I'm not doing nothing right Mm -hmm. like I'm not getting shit done Mm -hmm. like what is going on so uh like I, I'm finally at the point where I'm like, do I only buy anything? <laughs> All right, no. <laughs> mm. So like maybe it's not even imposter. Sh- and it's and I think the way the reason why I categorize it as imposter syndrome is because I was having thoughts of like, damn, like maybe before I left Goldman, I should have gone to an accounting firm to do this. Mm. And it's like maybe. Because remember, like what I did at Goldman is not what I'm doing now. That's true. So I'm like, am I qualified to do what I'm doing right now? Because I didn't have this like corporate training mm-hmm. in it. Um, so I think that's where but it was, I want to like, jump in there. Right. Because the idea of like, am I qualified? I find that the people that are asking themselves that question are typically the people that are qualified. Mm. Right. It's the people that are like, oh, my goodness. Like, let me get all my ducks in a row before I jump into this. Whereas I know so many other business owners that are like, nah, I'm gonna jump into it first. I'm gonna like figure it out. Was a man and they was like, exactly. You just figured they, it out. The way they sell themselves. The way they sell themselves is wild. I'm like, You're not that good. You so. really not. <laughs> but they think they are, and people believe it. Yeah. Right. They believe that that confidence. They believe that energy. So they're gonna be attracted to that. But if you are like, oh my goodness, am I allowed to do this? Can I do this? People are like, well, if you don't think you can. Why should I trust that you're gonna do this for me? Right. So I don't know if it's you needed more training or you needed X, Y, or Z. Like that's not going to change the fact that you were anxious about an email or that you were navigating some health stuff. Yeah. Like that doesn't eliminate that. That's going to happen regardless. Right. 
But if you maybe had more resources and had a larger team, right, right, then you would be able to step back and say, yeah, I'm out for a whole month. And like somebody else is handling it for me. Yeah. Because like literally for like three weeks, I would just be like everything that would happen. I'd be like, damn, I'm going to do this while I'm in chemo. Or like, Mm -hmm. damn, like, I'm going to do this. Like, so... I, but it, the good thing that came out of it, mm-hmm. I started outsourcing stuff mm-hmm. because I'm like, I had to start thinking about that because I didn't want my business to end when I end. Exactly. I'm not saying that it was going to take me out because I was sure I was, I planned my part, my celebration party already. I was like 50 shades of pink. We going up. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> like I was planning to beat this thing, but because of it, I had to start thinking about my business differently. Mm-hmm. I had to start thinking about like, if I can't show up for it, can the business still show up for people? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I started outsourcing things. That's when I started getting serious about like who I wanted to hire, mm-hmm. um, making those kind of plans. Um, and then just thinking about like the fact that I'm about to be 29. And if I want to conceive a child, I got to do that in the next five years. Right. Mm-hmm. When I want to take time off from that, is this business going to just chill Ooh. or is money still going to be generating? So that was like one of the good things that came from the situation mm-hmm. and more good things probably have come from that too. Um, I really got to learn which clients I loved because some people just gave so much grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also it helped me understand or one thing that I was battling during that is like, how much do I share? Yeah, Like, do I share with people like, Mm-hmm. I'm not responding to you right now because like I'm waiting on the results from this mammogram right mm-hmm. like do, are people entitled to that from mm-hmm. me as a business owner as their accountant mm-hmm. like are they entitled to know what's happening with me personally that may be impacting my business because for right now everything that happens to me personally impacts my business and I can't wait until a point where like my personal life won't impact it but like y'all signed up to deal with <laughs> One, a, a one woman show mm-hmm. like so it was like a lot of shit that was just yeah. happening but you know what I'm happy that you just share everything that you shared because like none of the things that I've just said literally have anything to do with me not be, like those feelings could have happened regardless mm-hmm. of if I would have taken a job and an accounting firm first or I was like damn like maybe I should have took that PwC I'm going all the way back for six years maybe I, I was like PwC, PwC right I took that PWC offer instead of the gold medal. Child, my mm-hmm. head has been like literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. Literally mm-hmm. everywhere. So much second guessing of like what I should have done in order to prepare for this. And I highly doubt PWC or Goldman were going to be the thing. Yeah. So, no, I totally hear that piece. And I think as an entrepreneur, you're always second guessing like, will this decision, what's the impact of this decision? Mm-hmm. Does this decision help the business, harm the business? Does it help me? Does it harm me? So that constant anxiety is going to show up, but you got to find a bucket for it. Like, Mm. what is your outlet for it? What is your way of like dumping it at the end of the week so that you can start fresh? What do you do in those? Like, what's your like, do you mind sharing some of your outlets and things like that? How much time did you say we had? All of it. Uh, <laughs> well, my first outlet, this is something I started to do a couple months ago. I have like a CEO journal mm. where at the top of the week, I journal like anything that I'm feeling about the week for the business. What are the clients that I'm like really excited about meeting with? Who are the people I don't really want to meet with that week? What are my CEO wins? What are my pain points? And that has helped me to go back to previous journal prompts and think like, Okay, if today's a really hard week, go back to that prompt three months ago where like you were in a really good place and remind yourself like it's not going to be like this forever. 
this week might suck, but next week might be better. Like right. you have other things to look forward to. So that has been super supportive. And you do that weekly at the beginning of the week. Weekly at the beginning of the week. Cause I'm too okay. tired by Friday. I tried yeah. it on Fridays, but I, I don't, I, at that point I'm in such a state of like, I just want to go to sleep. Mm. I don't want to think about the business. I don't want to talk about the business. I just want to rest and be on my couch and be cuddled up with my dog and my partner and be happy like so the top of the week helps me have that forecast it also helps me to establish do I need to move anything do I need to shift anything do I need to give a client an update of like yeah I told you I was gonna get you that assessment by Friday but it's not gonna happen Mm. so that's probably the the main thing I started to do that has been super supportive wow I'm gonna try that we all gonna try that listeners (laughs) We all going to try that. And I'm a, in like a couple episodes, I'll mm. give an update. Please um, do. Because one thing I've also been trying to incorporate is similar is just a CEO day. Mm. Like a day where I like don't do any client work. I love that. Like on this day, this is when I'm going to create my, my mm-hmm. Instagram content. This is what I'm going to review, like the newsletter that Jake put together. Or like mm-hmm. I'm going to reach out to people or apply for this grant or Mm -hmm. things like that um because it's i was finding that i was so consumed with client stuff like y'all i'm podcast individuals y'all are og so y'all get the real because y'all choose to come here and listen you know social instagram content might just pop up (laughs) so people who are choosing to come here i can be honest with y'all i like my books for money honey were not up to date until fucking yesterday <laughs> yeah it happens like I'm like pushing everybody like look at your financials every mm-hmm. month every month every month and I'm getting everybody their financials every month every month every month we're not doing it for ourselves but not me mm-hmm. but when I got that bill I said mm-hmm. oh shit <laughs> how much what's, have I been, how much have I spending on them like <laughs> what's the percentage <laughs> nah that's some real that's... so I need to make sure that those things are happening mm-hmm. because I'm doing it for everybody else and I need to continue I need to do that um, for myself you know what I love you said something you said something about what clients am I excited about? What clients am I not excited mm. about? Can you tell people, can you talk to people about some misconceptions of like when you're an <laughs> entrepreneur, you just, yeah, you have flexibility and you can choose, but some you still have to deal with people that mm-hmm. like, you don't want to talk to mm-hmm. and you don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, so with your experience, like how you navigate that as an entrepreneur? So that's a good question. And I, I'm going to preface this and say, these are my consultant clients. These are not my clinical clients that I'm talking about. My clinical What's the clients. Difference? So my clinical clients are people that I see for one-on-one therapy, whether it be individual therapy or relationship therapy. Those are my OGs. I've been working with most of them for almost four or five years. I love them. You taking any more? I am not taking any more. Um, sorry, y'all. I, the wait list has officially been closed. Ooh. I'm not even adding people to the wait list no more. God damn, my sister said, I'm booked and busy. <laughs> no, I'm booked and well-rested. Oh. Oh. No, no. No, no. I okay. reject the idea of being too busy. I need to do that, too. <laughs> booked and well. Oh, shit. Yes. Hashtag. Yes, yes. Um, but yes, there are some no, clients. No, 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 no. So what are you... So you have clinical clients. What are your consulting clients? My consulting clients are folk that I engage in racial equity consulting with. So it's like businesses that I'll come in and do an anti-racism workshop or a racial affinity group or training for their HR professionals. And that's where it gets a little funky Mm. because I might be excited about an organization as a whole, Mm. but I might not be excited about my contact person. 
Mm. Like the person that's dealing with the contracts or the invoices or. Because we need to get you paid. We need to get me paid on time mm. because I have late fees and I will charge you. So Period. stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. What's your late fees? Like so, what, how long you take? How long? Like after if you don't long? pay me within seven days of your invoice, it's a weekly fee. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I had to do with that. I didn't. I don't want to be that person. I want to be, you know, as understanding and acknowledging and all the things. But you got bills to pay. But I have bills to pay. And y'all be playing with me. And I don't like that. So cut it out. Oh. So we won't have a whole other conversation about late fees and accountability and talking about money and payment schedules and all the things. But you asked about clients that I'm, I'm not the most excited about. And I had to learn to distinguish between the company and the individual that I'm working with. Because sometimes the individual I'm working with isn't the service that I'm providing it to. It might just be your your head of HR or your head of legal that I'm communicating with. But, but the I'm, workshop is for the C-suite people. Exactly. The right. workshop is for C-suite or the workshop is for the black employees. I love them. I love working with them. But it's your management, it's your leadership that I'm struggling with. Mm. So I've had to get really intentional. And I loved what you said about having a CEO day and like taking a time to step out. Because mm. I had to get really intentional about what are my roles and responsibilities and what are things that I can outsource? What are things that other people can do for me? Mm. I actually don't need to be emailing you. That's what I have an assistant for. Mm. I don't need to be navigating this, this contract right now. That's what I have a lawyer for. Mm. So I had to learn to accept help from the people that I'm outsourcing to and say, that's what you're here to do. I don't need to be doing this. I need to be the CEO of like creating strategy for what am I doing in the next quarter? How am I creating and getting to this metric and getting to this goal? Not emailing you back and forth at 655 on a Friday. Like that's not where my resources should should be going towards. Mm. Do you ever think that you'll be at the point in your business where you'll be just the CEO and you'll no longer be like the, the consultant? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so because I find I've had this question a lot and I've had a lot of like business mentors like kind of push me in that direction of like, mm-hmm. you should just hire more consultants and you should just have other people do this labor. And for me, it's such it's a service based business. So people want Kenya. Mm-hmm. Right. And I do think, yes, I can train certain things into my staff and into the people that I'm working with. But that's not where I want to see my impact at this moment in the career and in my business. I'm more so focused on like, how can I make larger impact in other people's businesses where I can step back and I'm not the only one doing it in that way. Whereas I feel like if I have other consultants, then I got to manage y'all. I got to start managing group dynamics of y'all. Like, no, thank you. No, thank you. That's totally fair. How long you been an entrepreneur? Ooh, that's a great question. I started the business in 2017. Um, I've been in full-time entrepreneurship for two years now. Two years. Mm-hmm. Mm. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. You talked about people paying you and people paying you on time. Mm-hmm. So I just noticed a shift in myself going into year, you. coming off of year one mm-hmm. and coming off of side hustle mode. Mm. Side hustle mode and... um year one move mm-hmm. there was a nest of money <laughs> that could fund my life and I didn't need the business money so I would hand out discounts mm-hmm. I would do stuff for free mm-hmm. yes you did but that nest <laughs> just used up <laughs> and now I'd be like damn mm-hmm. I need like I can't do that 
anymore. No. Can you walk us through your journey? Because I remember it was times when you would tell me some of your prices and I'd be like, what, girl? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? I'd be like, I just want to be for everybody. I just want to solve racism everywhere. Yeah, I was really ambitious. I'm I was like, really ambitious. To that big ass company? Yep. I was playing. I, I, get I was it. playing. To the to the money honeys of the world, maybe cut us some little slack. Of course. But not that company that has stock on the mm-hmm. <laughs> I was playing. That people can buy stock in. I was playing. How did you navigate that? Like one, increasing your prices and feeling firm mm-hmm. in it. And like, what was it that was it? A, did your requirement shift? Did that shift for you because it had to shift for you? Because you're like, mm-hmm. damn, I just hired these people. I got to pay them. Mm-hmm. I can't get y'all slack. If I give y'all slack, then, then, my, then they can't eat. Well, exactly. they going to eat, but I'm not going to eat because exactly. you got to pay your staff before you. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that, too. When you, Y'all like love being a boss, but sometimes the bosses don't eat mm-hmm. like because I got to feed. I got to make sure y'all eating. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, like, let's talk about that. Oof. So let's talk money, honey. Let's talk money. <laughs> I love it. There were a couple things that have shifted the way I looked at money and rates in my business. First was 2020. Everybody and their mama wanted a workshop on mm. anti-racism to check their little box because they did it for whatever reasons, for their performative reasons. And I got to a point where I was getting requests, 5, 10, 15 requests within a week. I was like, I had, was you booked and I busy or booked and well rested? I was booked and busy. I was booked and burnt out. I was booked and overwhelmed. I was booked in stress and I didn't like it. Mm. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try something. I'm just going to start increasing rates and see who's accepting these rates. Mm. And then people were accepting it. And I was like, you're like, damn, I still oh, need to weed more people I out. I still need to weed more people out because I didn't have the time or the capacity, right? The demand was rising, so I needed my rates to rise. Mm. So I realized in that moment, like, okay, I have this, this need that so many companies want, and I know that the resource that I'm giving, the value that I'm giving is beyond the two hours that oh, I'm doing like this workshop. like Beyonce when she says, I can't argue with these lazy bitches. I just raised my price. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Because... I think what I had to shift is, right, coming from a a therapeutic background, I'm doing one-on-one sessions with people. Mm-hmm. And I could see the, the value of my work over time because I was working with them for a long period of time. But with companies, I wasn't fully acknowledging that two-hour coaching session that I just did mm-hmm. is going to completely reframe the way you're approaching your business. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing the businesses that I was working with making more money, retaining more talent ensuring that there was less um, lawsuits against the business moving forward. I was Mm -hmm. like, hold up. All of this as a result. All of this as a result of the two hours that I gave you. And the little bit of money you charged. The little bit of money. I was charging at one point I was charging 200 an hour for a coaching session. (laughs) To (laughs) to like not to not to Goldman Sachs. No, not to Goldman Sachs. But I'm saying like if you was like if you was the Back in the day, so Goldman was to be like, hey, like, can you come in? I would have said 200. I would have been like, 200, been like, please. please give me $400 for this two hour thing. Not even thinking about the time you need to prepare, the, the time oof. you need to travel there, the time like that I'm using to communicate with your management mm-hmm. that sucks. The time I need to care for myself afterwards because mm. I just sat in this space and like heard all of the racist things happening in your community. Like 
all of that time and energy and capacity I was not taking into account. Mm. And then I was like, hold up. I'm completely shifting these organizations. I'm no longer charging on an hourly rate anymore. I'm charging on a values based rate. Mm. And once I started to unlock that, I said, oh, y'all got a problem mm. now. Because <laughs> I understood my own value. I understood my own worth. What does it take to get there? I think seeing other companies make that shift, seeing like once I gave them an idea and then they took it and ran with it and started making million dollar deals. I was like, whoa, Mm. hold up. I want a piece of that. I I need a piece of that. I deserve (laughs) a piece of that. And I'm worthy of a piece of that. So I think that was a big shift for me. Another big shift for me is I didn't realize how much the budgets were for some of these things. Mm. Do you ask that or do you just give your price? So before I I wasn't asking that. And now what I do is there's a couple of different ways that I figure out pricing. Right. Because I do want this to be accessible for the communities that it should be accessible to. Mm -hmm. But when I'm talking about some of these like million dollar companies that I'm working with, what I started to ask them is, you know, you want me to come in and do this racism workshop. And I've noticed you've done other workshops in the past or you've had other speakers in the past. Would you mind sharing what their rates were? Mm. Would you mind sharing what the budget was for that? Mm. And sometimes they will tell me. And I say, that's really fascinating. You paid this white person $5,000 to come in for two hours. Mm. And here I am as a black queer woman coming into this business and providing you a very different perspective. I'm wondering why those two rates would be the same. Mm. Can you help me understand that? Mm. And I leave it at that. I let them answer it for me. Why why would we get paid the same amount? Why would we? Help me understand that. Damn. Right? Because that doesn't make any sense. That is fucking golden right there. Because like, I thought you was about to go with it. Like, why would you pay me less? Mm -mm. You're like, why would you pay me the same? Mm -mm. Why would you pay me the same? Why? Yo, Okay, and I love the 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 actionable shift and the because it what I'm doing is I'm shifting the way you're not only paying me but I'm shifting the way you're paying other contractors that are coming into the space. Kenya, like, how do we get there? <laughs> like, how do we get confident enough to be like? Mm. How do we be like? Mm. like you gotta do it. You just I, gotta like, do you it. Just gotta do it. And then after you do it and you get success a couple of times, then you, you start to get more comfortable with you it. You get more comfortable because I'm, I'm gonna tell you another story. I did a workshop with a company once. It was a three part series, and I I charged them. I think it was this is back when my rates were way too low. I think I charged them five thousand dollars for a three part series. Y'all hear that? A five thousand dollars too low. It's too low. It was too low. So there was a little admin scafu and he emailed me back and he was like oh i only got one of your invoices and i was like what are you talking about he was like yeah i got the five thousand for the first part of the series where are the other two invoices i said no problem i said you right here you go sir um <laughs> and it was in that moment that i was like wow like companies really pay five thousand dollars for an per individual session, workshop. exactly right. for an individual session so then I had to start to look like, OK, what's the size of this business? How long has this business been around? What, what's the net worth of this business? And then I started to charge based off of that moving forward because I'm not going to come to money, honey, and say, yes, yes, I want to come and do a five thousand dollar workshop for a small team. That doesn't make any sense. Like, so me and Bianca. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like that doesn't make any sense. But if I'm working with a company that has thousands of employees and your net worth is up there, then maybe maybe I am. Yeah. So. Sometimes it's it's making the mistake. <laughs> yeah, like that's 
That's real. And I also want to point out the fact that she said that she went to QuickBooks to uh, <laughs> send that invoice. Uh, guys, make sure you have an invoicing system. And Please. if you are a business owner, we love QuickBooks to keep track of our finances. And I am not paid by QuickBooks yet. But, you know, maybe I can give them a little example of how I can. There you go. Speaking into existence. Some advertisements Speaking into existence. On the Let's Talk Money Honey podcast. Mm, <laughs> sponsorship. I hear you. Right, right. I would love this for you. Dang. You are like literally so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm always so impressed by you. <sighs> I really am. That's so fascinating because I feel the same way about you. That makes me so happy. Thank you. Because you do stuff and I'm like, huh, what? Okay. I'm going to try next and let's see how this goes. I need that right now, child. Because I told you, I've really just been like, this this past month though, July and August mm. have been like on the up and up and up. And yeah. Up and up. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I got out of my funk. Um, the funk happens. The funk happens. It's a part of the work. It's a part of the work. Is entrepreneurship what you thought it would be? Oh, that's a good... Well, see, I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. Mm. So I was very resistant to it. I didn't I didn't think it was for me. I think it was also like, I don't know about you, but growing up, I felt like entrepreneurship was a thing people said when it was really just scamming. Mm. So I was like, nah, like... I Like, go get a job. Yeah, like, I have two Ivy League degrees. <laughs> like, what? I'm not out here scamming. Like, put some respect on my name. So I had to really, like, reframe what entrepreneurship was. Because even now, sometimes I say it to people, and they're like, you're what? Like, oh, you ain't got no job. And I'm like, okay, I ain't got no job. Cool. People <laughs> like, say that to you? Absolutely. I've definitely heard that before. And I'm like, that's cute. That's real funny. Oh, shit. So... It's going to happen, right? right? It's going to be people that that does don't really understand what you're doing, what you're building, what your purpose is, and what your legacy is going to be, and that's fine. I don't need you to. Um, but I think in terms of navigating the like child, I forgot what your question was because I started to think about what I want my legacy to be. Well, we can talk about that next. <laughs> but is entrepreneurship what you thought it would be? And you said that you didn't plan on it. Yeah, I didn't plan on entrepreneurship, so I don't know if I had an idea of what I thought it was going to be. I think I've learned to write entrepreneurship, the narrative of entrepreneurship for me. Mm. I think I see a lot of other entrepreneurs and I'm like, oh, I'm not doing my business like them. Does that mean I'm failing? Nah, I feel really good at where I am. And Mm. I have to like really kind of come back home and come back to myself. Well, like what were some like, let's let's unpack that. Oh, okay, Therapeutic (laughs) language. I'm loving this. (laughs) So like what were some things that before mm-hmm. you thought had to happen in order for you to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. that you have shifted and you're like entrepreneurship ain't that for me mm-hmm. like, venture capital oh venture capital i thought i needed to have venture capital in order to have a business mm. and i started to realize that venture capital isn't as sweet as people think it is mm. like i've started to like be in community with other people that like hate their investors yeah, and like have no power in in their business, have no agency over what clients they're working with or who they hire or who they're hiring. They come in and be like, you spend too much money. You got to fire all All these people. And I'm like, whoa, like that. And that's part of the reason why I got into entrepreneurship is so I would have that agency. Mm. So to have that idea of like, there's somebody else that has power over how I'm making decisions in the business. Like, Nah, I'm good. Yeah. So I think that was a big one for me. Yeah. How about you? Hmm. What have I thought entrepreneurship was? I don't know. That's a tough question. Like, I think that like, hmm, that's a tough question. 
I don't know. I think because I think I'm still in a process now of redefining what it looks like for mm. me. Like I'm I'm not in my well rested phase mm-hmm. yet, but I'm working towards that. Mm-hmm. So and I, I'm also not in my rich phase, mm-hmm. but I'm working towards that. Like entrepreneurship. I don't know. Every time I see entrepreneur, they show up in a nice car. Mm-hmm. Or, but maybe that's not true. Maybe that's certain. Yeah. I think we forget that like. The guy that, lo- that owns the laundromat, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're probably not pushing uh, mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z car or mm-hmm. luxury car. Um, but I, if I, if I could just double, double step back, I didn't want to be entrepreneur either. Mm-hmm. But so, okay, let me not lie. I used to want to be an entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. maybe like middle school, okay, middle school, maybe even high school. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna own a chain of hair salons. <sighs> That was my thing. And I think I always saw entrepreneurship for me eventually, mm-hmm. but I didn't think that it would be a thing now. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think I would be 28, 29 as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. I didn't think that this shit would happen until after I had a child, mm-hmm. because I always was like uncertainty. Like, I need to make sure that I have this stability. Yep. Like at least until my child is like five mm-hmm. and then like I could take a risk and like yeah. things like that. So I would say... That um, So, you know, honestly, maybe I thought entrepreneurship was like instability and I don't feel Damn. that way now because Damn. I also feel like a corporate job is instability not- <laughs> as well. <laughs> Talk about it. Talk so, about it. So maybe like those are maybe that was some things that I was afraid of. Mm-hmm. So less of like what I glorified and more of what I was afraid of that actually wasn't true for yeah. me or like um, like what's not true for me that I think other entrepreneurs claim to be true for them mm-hmm. or or have experiences. I don't experience people not supporting me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that um, I don't look I haven't come across any experiences where I'm like. People that I don't know it, uh, support me more than people that know me. I, um, that hasn't been yeah, my nah. that hasn't been my story. Like. And maybe it's because the way I look at support is different. Like I recognize that not everybody that I know is going to be able to afford my services, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that they don't support me and want to see me do well. Absolutely. That doesn't mean they're not going to share the post or like I have friends with business. Co- they have never patroned my business, but they have my business card in their wallet mm-hmm. and they hand it out if they know that somebody. Right. So that's something for entrepreneurship that I, w- I guess that I was nervous about that. I've, I've never had to experience. Mm-hmm. And I, and it could be like, some people will tell me it's a result of who I am, right? Like mm-hmm. people want to be, people want to help me. People want to mm-hmm. support me. So I'm grateful for that. So I'll, I will recognize that. But um, to go back to what I was originally saying, I didn't want to be an entrepreneurship entrepreneur at this point. I was asked to choose between a job <laughs> and money, honey. And I don't think that they, in their mind, they were asking me to choose. Mm-hmm. Um but when I heard close the business, honestly, because they probably was like, there's no way she would mm, to stop working here and mm-hmm. and uh, like run the business. That's and so I was audacious. like, OK. And, then started, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> I started planning and I made my great escape. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would say, like entrepreneurship. I didn't think that it would be for me right here. I don't think I'm going to have my chain of hair salons, but I do want to have a chain of coffee shops. <gasps> That's something that please? not many people know. Yeah, I want to oh have goodness. like um, 
coffee shops that are also double as co-working spaces where Ooh. some people can like entrepreneurs can have 24 access to be able to work and that's create fire. content and um, just have whatever they need to be able to run their business that's because even fire. just with me having my space now like there's so many people that are like can I just come near work I'm mm-hmm. like yeah you can but mm-hmm. how cool would it be if it was like actually actual, a community for people yeah. to be able to um, to do that so mm-hmm. if I ever had an investor approach me and ask to buy Money Honey Financial, the accounting firm, I would sell it. Yeah. So that I could do um, that. Invest in like some commercial real estate to really kick off so this beautiful. community of entrepreneurship. That would so, be so beautiful. Yeah. I love that so much because I, I want to open up a bookshop. Listen, um, you want to have a, I want like a little bookstore and a little coffee shop like combined. Can you have one inside one of my I would love to. Are we like buildings? building our next business? Listen, already? I love this. Listen. Wait a minute. Because I already been thinking like, damn, like what if like like the flagship one has like a gym mm. in there and a food court and like have all these black owned restaurants <gasps> have like like oh, it'd be like so a beautiful. mecca for black entrepreneurs. Yeah. You have one in different cities. All right. So let me know when you're ready. Um, we're going to sit down and build out this business plan. But see, that's the thing with entrepreneurship. You do it once and you start thinking you're going to do five more. Yeah. You start getting the bug. And yeah. I'm realizing I'm, I've caught the bug because I think like that. And I'm always like, all right, what's the next project I'm going to work on? What's the next business I'm going to do? What's in that? And I have to like reel myself in sometimes and hold that focus of like, stay here now what and has, then move. Like what has entrepreneurship taught you about yourself that you didn't know? Ooh, child, that's a good question. What has entrepreneurship taught me about myself? I'm, I didn't realize this about myself, but I'm a visionary. Mm. I'm always constantly thinking about the impact of this in the future. And sometimes I'm not present in the actual moment of what I'm doing. Is that what that means? Mm-hmm. I'm a visionary? Because mm-hmm. baby, I Child. had this idea over the weekend. I have not, I haven't done a damn thing this week because I've been on Google trying yes. to figure out how to make this next thing happen that I want in 2025. Yep. That's that's the problem sometimes. I'm a visionary. You're a visionary. You're a visionary. Damn. Okay. So it's a it's a beautiful gift. But but you got shit to, to, to do right now. So I've learned to like create space for my daydreaming and create space for like me to really and not vision boarding. Like that's cute. That's not for me. But like I need to just stare out and do some bird watching and think about like where am I about to be in 15 years? Mm. What do I want to feel in 15 years? Mm. What do I want the people around me to experience in my energy in 15 years? And mm. I'll sit there for like an hour. Do you include this in your journaling? <laughs> I do. But there's something about like just sitting and like feeling the energetic experience of what I want to happen in my body first mm. like writing is is great but i think sometimes writing gets me almost too excited and then i start to move towards action mm. i need to allow the vision to like continue to like come to fruition before i start moving towards that action mm. i love that you're also a visionary but i i wasn't categorizing i thought there was mm-hmm. something wrong with me Mm-mm. i'm like why well, i'm over this already and i'm ready mm-hmm. to go to the next thing because you see a need, you see a gap and you have an idea of how to fix it and how to like fill the gap. But you either need the resources, the time, the energy, the money, the the timeline. Like the other day I was like, oh, I, I already know what my third book is going to be. Child, I ain't write the first one. <laughs> what? Like, can I write the first one? <laughs> and it makes no sense sometimes. But I think that's 
because I'm someone that is interested in multiple things and has multiple interests, I find myself like I get bored with just doing one thing. And that's why I love entrepreneurship. I can I can do multiple things at once, but sometimes I do a little too much mm. and I have to pull myself back. But yeah, allow yourself to to dream and, and create that vision. I love that because after after this past weekend, one thing that I noticed about myself or the weekend I was in Miami, I mean, Atlanta, yeah, this past weekend. One thing I learned about myself is that as an entrepreneur, I care more about my five-year plan than I did when I was in corporate. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was because when you are in the corporate space, there's a blueprint. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like if I work really hard at these things, I'll be Mm -hmm. like VP or I'll be MD by this time. I didn't care. Like, I didn't have to think about Mm. a five-year plan because like it was built out for you as long as I showed up and I did a good job this like why wouldn't this happen yeah right but now as an entrepreneur I actually think about Mm -hmm. what's happening in five years what's happening in 10 years and not because I don't feel like as long as I do a good job why wouldn't this happen I feel like I have control over what happens if I do a good job Mm -hmm. so it's like if I do a good job these things will happen Mm -hmm. and I have to be intentional about these things that I want to happen. Mm -hmm. Like while I was in Atlanta, I stayed with a friend who's very successful and I experienced for the first time being in a gated community. Like where Mm -hmm. there's a fucking guard who I had to give my ID to before I could even, and I, you know, I've been in like high rises and like, um, buildings with doormen, but it was different. different. Like it was different in the community Mm -hmm. with mansions and stuff. I was like, hold on now. Oh, this is what Jake said. I mean, what Drake meant when he said, this is a gated community, get the fuck off my property. Like, oh, shoot. So when I left there, I'm like, damn, how long is it going to take me to get this? And then how how many bookkeeping clients I need for this Mm -hmm. to happen? And I start thinking about things differently because I I truly feel like for the first time that I have power and control Mm -hmm. over what my future looks like Mm -hmm. as opposed to in other spaces I knew that if I felt like if I worked hard I could get x y and z but I didn't feel like it was all completely up to me Mm -hmm. because it wasn't right like it's still so many people that could say no and of course have say over x y and z so I would say that like for me as entrepreneur that's probably the me being a visionary has shifted differently Mm -hmm. because I feel like I actually I have the control to to even dream yeah not that i wasn't dreaming before but it just mattered a little less because Mm -hmm. it was like like all right well i'll go be the c i'll be the ceo one day like (laughs) (laughs) whoop-de-doo but i i do love i'm i think i'm hearing from you a lot of strategic thinking right when i hear you say how many bookkeeping clients do i need to get to get this house right like that's an important way to think about stuff because i find that some entrepreneurs is like all right, I'm just going to make this frivolous goal of oh, yeah. 10 bookkeeping clients in the month. And it's like, okay, but what is the purpose of that goal? Right. Right. Because the purpose is going to be the thing that keeps you going when you fail the goal. Right. The purpose is going to mm. be the, keep, the thing to keep you going when you need to make a new goal. Like if you're just saying, oh, I want 10 because I want 10. When you get three, are you going to be disappointed? Right. But if I say I want 10 because that gets me closer to my mansion, mm-hmm. I'm going to work a little bit harder for that. That's so true. And I think I've experienced that with studying for the CPA. Mm. It wasn't until I realized why I was doing it that yeah. shit started clicking. Like, I 
I did not know I was resilient until I kept mm-hmm. failing and then I kept going. I was like, damn, I'm a strong bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. I remember I, studying with you. I thought I was, but now I know. I know, I know. But oh, it definitely. wasn't until I realized like, oh, like, you know what? I'm doing this because this will allow me to do X, Y, and Z. Before mm-hmm. I was just doing it because it was like, why not do it? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's what no. I'm supposed to do, right? So that's what everyone to told me to do. But if, if everyone was just telling you your purpose, it's not going to feel purposeful. Mm-hmm. You have to feel that in your own like purpose and desire to get there, and then you'll get there. And then you'll get there. Yeah. So I love that we were both studying for our licensing exams at the same time. Dog. I hated it at the time. But like to see us now, I'm like, wow. We was in coffee shops in Brooklyn. Eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. We was in pizza what? shops we in were, Brooklyn. We were everywhere. Okay. <laughs> we were everywhere. Anywhere that allowed us to study, had Wi-Fi, was semi-quiet, we were there. Literally. And we, we would we would like hop, not bar hop, but like <laughs> cafe hop. Cafe hop. Because they, they be closing. Like, why y'all gotta close at three? Like, I get it. All right. Literally. Like, but like this is rude. Like I get nobody wants coffee after this time, but like people want Wi-Fi. Exactly. People need a place to study. <laughs> Piss me off. Yeah, and I remember when you were like, I don't know what it is, why this stuck with me, but we were at that one Haitian um Laku? Yes. And I had loose leaf tea for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like, this girl is so bougie. <laughs> and uh, you were studying in particular, you were studying, was it how to research? Because it was like a lot of stat involved. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, they got to do that too. <laughs> I got to know that too. Oh my God. Horrific. Horrific. Yeah. Horrific. That big book that I had to wield around. Huge. Like for no reason. Huge. Uh, I don't miss that at all. I know somebody who's in the process of studying for that right now. Mm. And I'm just like, you got it. <laughs> You got it. It's also not a, a metric of your worth as a clinician. I think that's an important thing for people to remember. Mm. Like it doesn't actually, I, I know tons of clinicians that have failed and I think they're some of the best clinicians I know. I guess that's the same with the CPA. Yeah. That's probably the same for most licenses. Mm-hmm. Like just because you're not good at taking an exam doesn't mean that you're not a great clinician. At the service. Yeah. Right. And I think people need to realize that sometimes they get so caught up in it and I'm like, no, you're probably brilliant. It's the test. That's the problem. But again, going back to the system versus the individual. Full That's circle. That's so real. Full circle. That's so real. Kenya, this has been awesome. Thank you. And I'm going to wrap this up before they kick us out. <laughs> um, it's like the coffee shops all over literally, again. Literally, it's about that time. <laughs> we oh still want to talk, but we... Um, I can't afford a podcast studio for too many hours. <laughs> Being mindful of your budget. That's called money, honey. That's called money, honey. Um, thank you mm-hmm. so much. Can you tell the people where they can learn more mm-hmm. about you, where they can follow you, yes. um, what trainings you got coming up that they can sign up for? Mm-hmm. How can we support you? I love this question. So y'all can follow me on Instagram at Kenya Crawford underscore. And my website is Kenya Crawford. I'm not going to give my email because I got to stop doing it. It's called boundary setting. Um, Y'all can support me by taking care of your mental health. That's mm. all I really need from you to create a space of wellness for yourself so that y'all aren't projecting that onto other people. And then they doing it on my couch. That is what I need from people. Damn, in the community. How we talk about taking care of your mental health. I mean, we hit on we it. We hit on it. We hit on it. But it's part of every conversation. Part two, we getting deeper. Oh, you know I'm down. I might need a live therapy session. That's fine. 
I actually, that's business number four. We're going to talk about this another time, but that's another goal that I have. I want to demystify what therapy looks like and Mm. create more spaces for us to actually do it in a public setting. Uh, HIPAA going to allow that? That's the issue. (laughs) But I mean, there's ways around it. Like, have you seen the show Couples Therapy? Mm -mm. It's a show of a couples therapist working with couples, working through their shit. And it's, I mean, you sign a waiver, it's this consent form and all the things, but it's raw and it's real. And I feel like we need that to connect because people keep, we think therapy is only this one thing that you do with your therapist and it can be a community shift. Damn. Maybe you'll be my first client. Listen, sign me up. (laughs) Sign me up. Listen, thank you so much. I have been so grateful to have you or I am so grateful to have you as the first. Can't wait to have you back. I'll be here. I'll be here. Love you so much. I love you too. And um, I want to tell people where they can find me. I changed my Instagram name. I used to be Miss Money Honey and I am now at need a Khadija because Ooh. everybody needs a Khadija. Everybody does need a Khadija. You can find me on Instagram. Um, Twitter is still Miss Money Honey, but I don't really tweet that much. So you can find me on Instagram at need a Khadija. You can find out about my business, Money Honey Financial at www.moneyhoneyfinancial.com. Dot com. You can learn about me, my team, and what it is that we oh, offer. Team? I know. Yeah. I really got people that look out for me, and it's dope. Mm-hmm. Like they be caring about shit that I don't care about that I know I need to be caring about. Mm-hmm. Like you know, that means you hired well. I know. I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. I'm really grateful for the people that um, I have helping me move this thing along. I can't wait until I can like hire them full time mm-hmm. so that they can do everything, and I can just. Not just chill, mm-hmm. but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this has been another episode of Let's Talk Money, honey. And we're out. And we're out. Thank you. Thank you. Look.